Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Picture it. Saturday afternoon, about 3 o'clock. I'm at Target running some last-minute errands before the game. My phone starts blowing up. I check the texts and the emails and the notifications. I get the news, and I think to myself, told you this season was going to be weird. It certainly was a weird way to begin the year, and unfortunately, not a victorious one for Stanford. As the Cardinal go up to Eugene, even more shorthanded than it was when it got on the plane. Some nice things, but it doesn't result in a win as Oregon beats the Cardinal. And that's what we're talking about on this episode of the TreeCast with Troy Clarity, presented by the Believe Podcast Network. It is Sunday, November 8th, 2020. Hope you're having a hope you're having a good weekend so far. Folks seem to be in, in better moods than normal on Saturday at Target when I when the wife and I were out and about trying to get some last-minute things done. Stanford with a 35-14 loss to the Oregon Ducks to begin the 2020 season. You are going to hear from David Shaw, the Cardinal head coach. And you're also going to hear sound bites from Stanford inside linebacker Curtis Robinson as well. Who am I? Well, I'm Troy Clarity. Now in my 28th season officially following Stanford sports, Stanford football in particular. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy Clarity, at Troy Clarity. You've got thoughts on the show on Stanford football. I am always game for them. Hashtag TreeCast via Twitter. As I always appreciate your thoughts and your feedback. As for the game itself, Cardinal scored first, 7-0. And things looked pretty decent throughout the first 20 minutes of the game. But then Oregon finally got its sea legs underneath them. And then they just could not be stopped offensively. As Oregon turned a 7-0 deficit, took a 14-7 lead in the second quarter and never looked back from there. Oregon's first three drives... 13 plays, but Oregon's final six offensive drives, all of them went eight plays or more. Stanford could not get off the field defensively, and the Cardinal, with its struggles getting big plays offensively, and certainly in the kicking game as well. We'll give you three things you need to know from the game in just a moment. We'll sort through some of my bigger thoughts on the pro- on the game. And also, we'll bring back a very popular feature that we unveiled during last year's TreeCast. We'll do that at the end of the show. Uh, first, of course, Pac-12 football season is back. And the NFL season's in full swing, and you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Game spreads and totals, team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino, it never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Three things you need to know. From Stanford's opening loss at Oregon. Let us start it off with number one. 
and my phone was doing all that buzzing and stuff less than two hours before kickoff because that's when Stanford announced that three of its players would be missing the game against Oregon due to COVID-19 testing results and contact tracing. Those three young men, defensive end Trey Labonte, wide receiver Connor Weddington, and quarterback Davis Mills. David Shaw, the Stanford head coach, after the game told us how he reacted to that news. Tough to find that out uh, a couple hours before the game. Uh, but once again, coaches made adjustments. Thankfully, we didn't have to adjust too many things. Uh, Jack West could step in the starting quarterback and run our operation. You know, Jack's had a bit of a fire in his belly um, since, his, since the game last year against UCLA. Um, this is a talented, high-character young man that was determined to go out there and play much better than he did last year, and I thought he did. Ran the operation very well. Um, threw the ball accurately, uh, made some big plays, made some great decisions. Yeah, Jack West final numbers, 13 of 19 for 154 yards, and he looked much better than his last start, which was that, that bizarre Thursday night game against UCLA last year. That was probably a, a, maybe even a full-blown train wreck in some, in some respects. But, but West looked a lot better in that respect. And freshman quarterback Tanner McKee entered in the late first quarter, played a couple series along the way. He finished 3 of 7 for 62 yards. But this team clearly missed its QB1. Now, Chris Fowler, the ESPN ABC broadcast crew, uh, they say that Mills and Weddington will also miss this week's game against Colorado due to the Pac-12's COVID testing protocols. Hey, Coach Shaw, is, is, is that true? I'm not sure. Um, I'm sure we'll find out in the next couple of days. Um, what his situation is, what Connor Weddington's situation is. Um, hopefully both guys will be back, but um, that remains to be seen um, based on uh, our administration, county, et cetera, uh, health officials. So we'll see how that shakes out. Stay tuned for the statuses of both uh, uh, Davis Mills and Connor Weddington. Let's get to number two. And it was a mixed bag for Stanford's offense. We'll talk about the defense in just a bit. The kicking game was a disaster from start to finish. There's just no other way to spin it. Jet Toner, uh, the fifth-year senior who came back from injury last year that cut short his season, has been quite reliable through his career. 0 for 4. Missed from 48 yards to cap Stanford's first drive, then missed again from 40, 35, and 27 yards out. David Shaw didn't see that night from Toner coming. Honestly, very surprising. We have a lot of faith and confidence in Jet. He's had an outstanding training camp coming off a major injury. I mean, he's worked his tail off to get back to where he is. Um, Pre-game-wise, he hit a couple 54-yard field goals. I was feeling great. Um, and then, uh, you know, just, just had a string of misses. Very uncharacteristic. Um, our entire team, our entire coaching staff has a lot of faith and belief in Jet for the work that he's put in. And he had a bad day today, right? Sometimes you just say, I had a bad day. Um, is he talented? Absolutely. Um, is he going to bounce back? You better believe it. And are we going to give him opportunities again? Yes, we are. Um, he's our guy. Uh, we know how good and talented he is. He's worked too hard to get to where, where, where he is right now. Um, and we believe he's going to bounce back. Yeah, and that being said, I, I, I think there were a couple of tries in there that I don't think Toner should have even had to try to make. More on that later on in the show. Let's finish up three things with number three. The two things the defense hoped to achieve this year, forcing more turnovers and being more physical. Well, Stanford got two turnovers. That was good news. And thanks to thanks to freshman Lavani Damuni, and I believe 
Uh, he even got an interception on his very first snap as a Cardinal football player. And he later on uh, recovered a fumble uh, in the, uh, or, or later on in the game. Now, they got the two turnovers, but, but as for being physical, Stanford had its moments, but not enough, especially in the second half. Inside linebacker for the Cardinal, Curtis Robinson explains. And I thought that we did a good job in the first half of limiting big plays, but um, you know, our, our big emphasis was we're losing on big plays and penalties. And so going into the second half, our emphasis was no penalties, no stupid penalties, no big plays. Um, unfortunately, we weren't able to do that. We weren't able to execute, but as far as where I thought we were at, I thought we were in a good spot. Um, but again, it just comes down to being able to execute the plan that we talked about in, in the locker room at halftime. We were able to do that. Yeah, Oregon ran for 269 yards on Stanford. And that was that that big gigantic whopping number. Certainly something that that Stanford did not allow Oregon to do last year. They really did a great job of bottling up Oregon's running game last year. Not so much this year. That was certainly not lost on David Shaw. Their coaching staff wants to run the football, and they stuck with it. We did a really good job in the first half, and the second half they found a couple of creases. They cracked a couple of runs. Um, they've got multiple really good good running backs, and um, they cracked them. And uh, when you give up a few explosive plays and you don't make enough on your side, and the score gets lopsided. Yeah, that's about the size of it, really. I mean, Stanford's tackling was better in the first 20 minutes than I thought it might be, given everything uh, and, and given the difficulties that teams have had with tackling so far this year all across college football, because let's face it, no one's had a normal training camp and no one's had normal time uh, to try to get ready for their respective upcoming seasons. And I thought the tackling was better for Stanford than I thought it might be early on. But Stanford couldn't get off the field. More on that later. The angle got steeper. The Oregon got the runaway win. Those are three things. On the injury front, David Shaw didn't seem to be too concerned about anything long-term that cropped up during the game. But it is notable that two more inside linebackers missed good chunks of the game with uh, Ricky Miazon and uh, the aforementioned Levani Damuni both leaving the field due to injury. Inside linebacker, not exactly as, as deep as the coaching staff would have liked it to have been, with Jacob Mangum Farrar apparently lost for the season. That appears to be the way uh, that that's trending. And they had to move Spencer Jorgensen uh, from the safety spot to inside linebacker during the course of training camp. Jorgensen played the fourth quarter at inside linebacker. Caillou Blue Kelly and Gabe Reed did not play due to their injuries, which are not feared to be long-term. They were just out for this week, maybe week to week from here on out. Salim Turner-Muhammad got the start in uh, Caillou Blue Kelly's place, and uh, Thunder Keck got the uh, start on the outside linebacker spot uh, for Gabe Reed. Bit of a struggle at times for Thunder Keck. Some other young faces that we saw throughout the game included some freshmen, wide receiver John Humphreys, Tight end Ben Urosek, who got some early playing time and uh, noticed uh, cornerback Amari Porter running around out there too. Uh, Noah Williams got the start at uh, strong safety, by the way. So eh, injuries, we'll, we'll see especially how that goes with uh, Miazon and Damuni because I think Stanford will certainly need those guys. But one thing that was apparent right away, right from jump with Stanford, offensive line looks a lot better. And the run game looks a lot better. But the offensive line, they were at times stellar against the Oregon Ducks, especially the interior part of the line. Uh, Drew Dahlman, the veteran at center, 
youngsters Branson Bragg at right guard, Barrett Miller at left guard, and uh, Jake Hornerbrook uh, spelling Bragg at uh, right guard in the second half. Allowed just one quarterback hit, by the way. Great job overall by the Stanford offensive line. And oh, by the way, the Cardinal running backs, Austin Jones and Nathaniel Pete, they are clearly bigger, stronger, and faster as well. Jones with 100 yards and two touchdowns. Pete with 93 yards on the ground, including a 73-yard burst. Stanford ran for 197 yards on Oregon. That would have been a season high last year. It's no secret, Stanford takes pride in its running game and the offensive line. And David Shaw knows that when it comes to bright spots for Stanford against Oregon on Saturday night, that was certainly one. Typically, the biggest jump you make as a player is from year one to year two. So that was five guys that you mentioned today. Three stars on the offensive line, actually including um, a fourth who rotated in. So we really played four, four sophomores on the offensive line and our two sophomore running backs. Um, they all made huge jumps. Um, they're all bigger, faster, stronger than they were a year ago. A lot more confident, a lot more knowledgeable of what to do. Um, played with a lot of confidence, um, you know, both in the running game and the passing game. And, um, all those guys. You know, pass protection, I thought, was better than solid. I thought it was good against a really good front. Um, uh, two running backs caught the ball in the backfield very well. Um, Austin Jones made a couple of really nice catch and, catch and runs. Um, they ran the ball between the tackles and on the edges very well, which is what we want to do. So uh, really proud of that group, the work that they put in. You know, kind of challenged uh, our entire coaching staff, um, particularly the run game, Coach Carberry and, and um, uh, Morgan Turner, to really, really narrow down exactly what we want to get good at. Um, and at the same time, we also knew that I, not nobody else, me, last year, I really cut down the things we were doing. I just couldn't do a lot with three freshmen. I thought that was unfair to them to put too much on them. Um, but this year, um, you see the, the variety we have back in our game, um, inside zone, outside zone, uh, some pin and pull schemes. Um, our guys are able to handle more, so being able to put more on those guys. So, so uh, trust our, our run game um, coaches uh, in order to put those guys in position. And then the, the amount of work that these guys have put in with Coach Carroll um, and, and our strength conditioning staff to change their bodies. And um, there's a picture I have. You know, my little group of, of plays were uh, pictures on my desktop and my uh, my computer of our off, starting offensive line from last year and with the three freshmen out there. And you look at those three guys right now and they look completely different. And um, that's what we do here. We know how to get our guys ready to go. Um, I anticipate us being one of the better offensive lines in America over the next couple of years. That's David Shaw on the improvement of the uh, the market improvement, I should say, maybe even dramatic improvement in the Stanford running game against Oregon on Saturday night. Now, how much of that run-first approach that we saw pretty much from the start of the game result from Davis Mills and Connor Weddington being out? Because, and if you've joined us throughout throughout the training camp editions of, of the TreeCast and even a bit before that, look, to me, the, the, the strength of this offense is still the passing game, right? With with quarter with uh, with quarterback Davis Mills and just so many wide receivers, so deep there, so many guys that uh, Stanford can trot out for basically any single situation. Now Stanford obviously shorthanded at quarterback and a little bit of wide receiver with with Connor Weddington being out, and so did that potentially cause Stanford to to adjust things a bit and become a bit more run heavy, especially early on. Well. 
Shaw, you might remember his answer earlier in the show, says, "Ah, oh, we didn't have to. We didn't have to adjust that much." But but I would think that 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 had to be a large part of it. That had to be a large part of it. Stanford, without Davis Mills, had to establish the running game, and for the most part, it did. It did. That offensive line is bigger, faster, and stronger, and it showed right from the start. Now, grand scheme of things, I still think the strength of Stanford's offense is the passing game. I I think. I, I, I don't know. We'll talk about that a little bit more later on in the show. But I'm feeling much better, actually, about the running game right now than I did coming into this one. So that was clearly the bright spot for Stanford. But but really, you know, Stanford lost this game by not making enough big plays and not making enough little plays either, especially on critical downs. A couple of fourth downs that that I found interesting for Stanford. Taking to the Cardinals' second drive, scoreless game. Stanford facing fourth and six from the Oregon 33, and the Cardinals go for it. I was kind of like, wait, what? Huh? Are you, he's actually going for it? Oh, okay. All right, cool. And then Jack West hits Austin Jones, circling out of the backfield, a very Christian McCaffrey-like play. Jones picks up 27 yards. He scores two plays later, and Stanford's up 7-0, and it's all right now. All right, cool. So Stanford went for it there. But in the second quarter, with the game tied at 7, Stanford 4th and 8 from the Oregon 33, Shaw played field position there. Stanford got called for a delay of game, punted from the Oregon 38, Ball went. Ball was downed at the Oregon four-yard line. So from that from that standpoint, that objective was achieved. But then the Ducks drove 96 yards for the go-ahead score, and as it turned out, a lead that the Ducks would not relinquish for the rest of the night. So fourth and six from the 33, Stanford goes for it in the fourth quarter. Fourth and eight from the 33, David Shaw decides to eventually punt. I asked David Shaw to to take me after the game through those respective fourth down decisions. Yeah, I, I don't have a chart or anything. I don't have any statistical um, measurements for me. It's about how we're playing. Um, if we're playing well and uh, and we feel like we can get it, we've got a, go, a couple of good plays in mind, then we'll do it. Um, if we are behind, not playing well, and we need to play field position, we'll do that. Um, if we feel like we need to, to score and catch up, um, then we'll then we'll go for it. So, kind of all those things. Game flow really is going to be the decision maker. I'm in constant conversations with our staff. Um, you know where the field goal is, where the wind is. Those are all factors as well. Okay, so so there's at the very least the thought process. I'm not sure if that's as specific an answer as uh, as, as as I was looking for, but there's at least the thought process that and all the variables that that Shaw uh, takes into account when he's deciding to to go for it on fourth down or not. So there, there's at least that. Now, that being said, there were two fourth down calls in the second half that I did not get. And they both involved field goal tries. One, Stanford's first drive of the second half, Cardinal down 21 to seven, fourth and six from the Oregon 17. Toner gets sent out to try the 35 yarder, which he missed. His third miss of the night. That kick pretty much sealed it, I think, by the way, for Oregon. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not really sure what, what a field goal would have done there. Because even if Toner had made it, it still would have been an 11-point game and Stanford still would have needed two scores. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure what a field goal would have necessarily done in that situation. The other fourth call, that I, I, the other fourth down call I rather I, I didn't quite get, 
Fourth quarter, Stanford down 28-7. Fourth and goal from the Oregon 9. And Toner gets trotted out there again for a 27-yarder, which he missed. His fourth miss of the night. Again, down by 21 points. I mean, on one level, I, I, I understand maybe giving Jet some, pre- some, some, some confidence, you know, before the end of the night. I get that on some level, but... Maybe that's what practice is for. You need points, man. You need six. Toner had a rough night, but but those were two field goal tries that that I'm not sure that that he needed to take. So Stanford with some fourth down issues against Oregon. Third down was was rough. It was rough on both sides. Stanford's offense just four of thirteen on third down. That's not great. The other side is even worse. Oregon went 9 of 11, including 8 in a row. Oregon's first drive stopped on third and short. Jordan Fox, Thomas Booker stopping C.J. CJ Verdell short. And you're thinking, okay, all right, cool. Off to a good start. But then Oregon converted its next eight third down attempts. Curtis Robinson, after the game, lamented the missed opportunities to get off the field. You know, I thought we did a good job of getting him the third down. But at the end of the day, you said it, they converted nine out of 11 chances. So we just really didn't take advantage of those opportunities. You know, that was something that we kept talking about, you know, throughout the week. It's something that we always harp on uh, as a defense. And, you know, going forward, that's definitely something that we're going to have to improve on is taking advantage of those chances. You know, as a defense, you can only hope to get teams to third down, um, try to make them pass the ball, get out of their comfort zone. But um, ultimately, if we can't convert or if they're able to convert nine out of 11 times, we didn't do our job. Yep, he's right. He's, he's absolutely right, and it was a, a big problem for Stanford defensively last year when they couldn't get off the field, especially on third down. If you can't get off the field, you're going to have problems. You're, it's it's going to be di- very difficult to win football games. And Oregon executed better in the critical downs than Stanford did, for the most part, all night long. However, that being said, by the way, the, the, the key hidden play to me in all this was actually a second down. Let me take you back to early second quarter. Levani Damuni's interception setting Stanford up at the Oregon 40. Three plays later, Stanford facing second and three from the Oregon 23. Jack West throws to Michael Wilson crossing underneath, and he's open. He's open, and he can turn a field and probably get some yards too. But Wilson dropped it. A relatively rare drop for that young man. That would have been a sure chain mover and would have kept it going as Stanford was trying to go downhill towards the end zone, but but that pretty much halted things for Stanford from there. And two plays later, Jet Toner missed from 40 yards out, his second miss of the night. Hey, Stanford could have grabbed the lead back if that catch had been made on second down. Who knows? Who knows how much different the game could have looked from there. But if you're looking for a key hidden play, to me that was it. That was it. But it's, it's clear that as good as Stanford looked in some phases of the game, some little things, especially in critical situations, did not go the Cardinals' way. Now, I, I knew we wouldn't have all the answers <laughs> that we were looking for, for after just one game, right? Uh, I, I, I pretty much knew that, that it wasn't going to be that type of situation where you walked away from from one game for Stanford 
and go, all right, I know exactly where, where this, where this season is going to go. Not this year, especially not this year. You know, what's going to happen. We learned that the hard way on Saturday, didn't we? David Shaw feels this way too. He knew that he wouldn't have necessarily all the answers that he needed after just one game. So what do we know? Well, we know the offensive line is looking much better, as are the running backs. We know the defense has its moments. And actually, I think, got off to a better and more physical start than, than I thought that it would, quite honestly. But it still wasn't enough. It still wasn't enough. And right now, I think that's about what we thought of the Stanford defense coming into the season. What do we not know? We still don't know anything, I don't think, about the passing game. I don't know about it anyway. I mean, it's hard for me to hard for me to come away with any conclusions, legit conclusions about Stanford's passing game without QB1 calling the shots and throwing the passes. It's hard for me to do that and to get a complete assessment of what this passing game is all about if Davis Mills isn't out there. And maybe he is on Saturday. We don't know. Apparently, there's, there's, there's some question about that, depending upon whom you talk to. We'll see. Stay tuned. So, in some ways, we saw improvement from Stanford from last year, specifically in the running game. But in other ways, seemed a lot like last year, especially with the defense that couldn't get off the field. And an offense that kept settling for threes instead of getting sixes. And in this case, not even getting threes. So mixed results all the way around for Stanford, but the result that they really wanted, they didn't get. Oregon with a 35-14 win over the Cardinals. Let us bring back a very popular feature that we unveiled during last season. You clamored for it. You've, you've, been, you've been jonesing for it. Well, you know what? We decided to bring it back. You're welcome. Stock up, stock down. Stock up, maybe kind of our unofficial game ball, and stock down, maybe some someone who, you know, or, or something that, that needs to improve quick, fast, and in a hurry before next week's game. Let's start with stock up. And Levani Damuni, super impressive. Two total tackles, but the interception and the fumble recovered. And again, I believe that interception came on his very first snap as a Cardinal player. I hadn't noticed him out there. And trust me, I was looking to see who was an inside linebacker pretty much every single series and every single play. And Damuni was the first time, the first time I noticed that he was out there, he had the ball in his hands. I was impressed. Curtis Robinson was too. You know, I'm not surprised. He, he's a ball hawk in practice. Uh, I'm really proud of how he played. Unfortunately, he, he left the game early. I'm hoping that we can get him back as soon as possible. Um, but, you know, I, I was super impressed with how he played. But, again, it wasn't a surprise to me. We really work really hard on during practice during the week is getting the ball out anytime we can, getting fumble recoveries, getting scooping scores whenever the ball's on the ground. And, you know, I, I personally thought that Levani took that to the field better than anybody else today. Yeah, a good first impression from that young man. And uh, hopefully he gets to make more impressions as the season goes along, especially this upcoming Saturday. Because, again, he did he did leave the field with the, with an unspecified injury of some sort during that game honorable mention for stock up by the way drew dalman that dude blocked his took us off and recovered a critical fumble too with uh, stanford trying to score tucker fisk 
maybe not the surest of ball handlers. Didn't he have a didn't he have a fumble last year as well? I think maybe not the surest of ball handlers, but but Dalman able to uh, make the recovery and bail out uh, Stanford's offensively. Uh, Stanford offensively at that point. So honorable mention to Drew Dalman. David Shaw was even hyping him up a big a, a lot last year, and he was certainly uh, driving the uh, the Drew Dalman hype train again throughout training camp and coming into this season. And Dalman lived up to the hype. I, I thought he was magnificent along with uh, the other guys in the interior offensive line for Stanford on Saturday. So honorable mention to Drew Dahlman, but no doubt about it, stock up Levani Damuni. What goes up must come down. Let's do stock down. Jet Toner, uh, we've, we've covered that ground. I hope he gets it back and soon. You've got stock up, stock down. I welcome your input. Or anything else on Stanford football that you want to discuss. Hey, I welcome that too. That's what we're here for. We break down Stanford football. We talk Stanford football. It's it, it, it's what we do. And I think we do it better than certainly any other podcast um, that's out there. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. And I'm glad that you've decided to make this part of your habits when you're following and consuming Stanford Cardinal Sports. Uh, make it a habit if you haven't already subscribe to the show rate and review the program I always appreciate those and as I as I always as I always say hey if you like the show tell everybody about it if you don't like the show tell me about it let me know what I can do to make it better because we're here for you we're here for you and I'm looking forward to seeing how things develop throughout the rest of the season hopefully the injury and COVID situation gets better for Stanford, and the Cardinal can have a better showing against the Colorado Buffaloes. I was kind of keeping an eye on that a little bit. There, there were I was kind of multitasking a bit <laughs> during the Stanford-Oregon game on Saturday night, but uh, kind of keeping a bit of an eye on uh, Colorado as uh, they, they got a big lead on UCLA early and then kind of had to hold off the Bruins down the stretch, but Colorado did get the win, an impressive feat for them. Keep in mind, Brand new head coach who didn't sign on until, what, mid to late February? They had no spring practices at all, breaking in a quarterback who was playing safety last year. So there were certainly more than a few reasons to think that Colorado would struggle early. They didn't. They're in the win column, a place that Stanford hopes to get its way into on Saturday. It's 12.30 kickoff. It's the home opener for the Cardinal. Looking forward to being back in the building for Stanford football this Saturday. Until then, thank you again for checking us out on the show. You heard from David Shaw. You heard from Cardinal Inside linebacker Curtis Robinson along the way. Our thanks to them for joining us after Saturday night's game. Don't drink and drive if you do. You're the dumbest person on the planet. And I am certainly not liking the COVID-19 numbers that I am seeing nationwide, including here in the Bay Area. Please, please, please wear a mask. Mask it or casket. We'll talk to you on Thursday, and we'll start breaking down the Cardinal and the Buffs. Looking forward to that. This has been the TreeCast with Troy Clarity, presented by the Believe Podcast Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.